I just can't get it out of my spirit, like in my heart, how much he has for us. And I know there's probably some people in here who are thinking, I don't know how much he has for me because I don't feel it. And I feel like my heart and my soul have been closed off to it. But I want you to know that he has so much. And I'm speaking to myself as well for us. Like it's above and beyond what we can comprehend or ask for. And the more we discover him, the more we realize how much more there really is. Uh, but, it, but it takes our decision to really believe, but to move forward into that and, and let it happen. So let's just, let's just put our attention on Jesus because I'll tell you, the face of Jesus is the narrow gate. He is the gate. He is the door. And Jesus is the reason we're here. He's the reason we live and move and have our being. Uh, Jesus is enough. So, so, Father, we just thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for every expression of yourself. We just thank you that you are everywhere at the same time, and we don't have to wait for you to come because you're already here. We just have to take the time to find you. Oh, we thank you that you're merciful, that you're kind, that you're gracious that your love knows no bounds. We thank you that your kindness leads people to repentance. We thank you for your presence and every facet of it. We just surrender. We surrender to you. Lord, we don't, we don't need... Uh, hollow words. This room does not need an encounter with me. Jesus, we all need an encounter with you. Whew. Yeah. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you may be seated if you'd like. Oh, boy. <clears throat> So I was driving here this morning, and uh, I looked out my window, and there was like a layer of stratus clouds, like laying in the sky over the sun. But if you looked through the spaces between the clouds, you could see the sun. And the Lord spoke to me in that moment, and he said, when you look through the the clouds of my presence, you will see the sun in all of his majesty. See, the cloud, his presence, the brightness of the glory of the Lord is evidence that he is here.
and it's the majesty that emanates and streams forth from him. When I was younger, the Lord led me on this journey, and I sought through the Old Testament, through the, end, the beginning of the Old to the end of the New Testament, and studied all the words in the original language, the Hebrew and the Greek, relating to glory. And discovered just all of these wonderful, amazing things, how majesty is tied to glory, how goodness is tied to his presence, and um, how the light that streams from him is part of the glory. But really, the punchline is, is that Jesus is the expressed image of the glory of God. He is the fullness of the expressed image of the glory of God. Better keep this over here because I move around a lot. But we live in a time where there's so many things happening in the world around us, and there's so many different distractions and things to worry about. Uh, whether it's take world events aside, we have social media, we have families, we have businesses, there's worries and concerns that we have, we have relationships that we're building. Um, put all of those things together, and then you see what's happening at a national level in the United States. You know, we have uh, racial unrest. Whether we want to agree with that or not, it's a reality where there's much unrest and conflict. We have um, COVID-19. Regardless of what you think about it, it's here. And people and spirits and powers that be are working through it to perform their agenda. You have people who want to be vaccinated and people who don't want to be vaccinated. You have men and women. You have uh, gender confusion. There's all of these ways that the enemy has worked over time to take our attention off of what it needs to be on to keep us separated. Ever since John 17, when Jesus prayed, Lord, I pray that they would be one as you and I are one. And when they are one as you and I are one, the world will know that you were sent by God. And unfortunately, in the culture of the church, I'm speaking into America right now, we have failed desperately in walking in unity and keeping our eyes fixed on the king and his kingdom that has no end. Whether it's political party and affiliation, and if you serve this one, you're of the devil. If you serve that one, you're of the devil. I'm just here to let you know that all of that is of the devil. Jesus told Pontius Pilate on his way to the cross when he asked him, are you a king? He said, yes, I am a king. 
He said, well, where are your soldiers? Why don't they come and fight for you? And I'm paraphrasing. He said, my kingdom is not of this world. Do you think that Jesus, in all of his majesty, as he's seated on his throne in heaven, cares or even considers whether or not somebody wears a mask or not? He doesn't fight ground battles. Do I wear one? Nope. I don't. I don't, but I don't battle people who do. Does it bother me sometimes? Maybe. I think it bothers some people sometimes that I don't wear one. Right? But love covers. I, you know, I think that what Pastor Yuri was saying about Pastor Steve, we are in a major shakeup as a nation, and it's got Jesus all over it. We think it's the end of the world and all this. Well, we need it to be the end of the world so his kingdom can rule that has no end. And nothing's going to change in our communities, in our homes, in our businesses, in government, in America unless something begins to change in us. What are we coming into agreement with? By our words, by our actions. Are we partnering with the devil? Are we partnering with our own flesh and desire? Or are we partnering with Jesus. Like these are important questions. How do you tell? Galatians chapter 5:22. It's really simple. Galatians 5:22. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace. Keep going. Well, Papa Steve, you're the teacher. We know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to get some other people that involved here. <laughs> Very, <laughs> we're both directors of schools, so we know. But it's the fruit of the spirit. If it love, joy, goodness, faithfulness, kindness, gentleness, perseverance, and self-control, those are evidence that the nature, the character of God is present. That He's present. Right? If you think about yourself along those guidelines and you take an honest evaluation, I guarantee for most of us, including myself, we have a long way to go. Love, joy, peace. None of this is even in the message, but it's the message. Love, joy, peace, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, kindness. Whew, perseverance. Wow. Self-control. 
there are so many things in all of our lives in seasons past and probably present that aren't actually the Lord at all. They're not. They're our take. They're our interpretation. They're our preference. But it's not the kingdom. It's okay to have our take. It's okay to have our preference. It's okay to have opinions. But it's not okay to take those things and turn people against one another under the guise that it's a God that died for us to be unified. It's like, who do we serve? Right? Wow. Oh, Jesus. Wow. I think Christians in America are realizing that the lukewarm church is not enough. Performance is not enough. Never was. We thought that it was. Lukewarm pursuit of Jesus will not suffice in the day of evil. It won't. It won't. The army of God is being beckoned up into the fullness of what Jesus paid for on the cross. You are the army of God. You are the children of God. To you, he gave the right to become children of God. To me, he gave, he gave the right to become a child of God. And I believe with everything that's happening in the world around us, there's an invitation that's coming to the surface that's not new, it's ancient, and there have been people walking this path from generation after generation after generation since the time that Jesus Christ walked on the earth. But lukewarm church isn't enough anymore. We will not stand lukewarm in the day of evil and persecution that may be coming to our front door. It won't. The commander of the armies of God is calling us with all of creation groaning to arise and shine. Do you know why? Because your light has come and he, the light has a name and his name is Jesus. He's already walking among us. He never stopped. Someone who's everywhere at the same time can never be gone. It's like we open our eyes and we look around us and we begin to see that everything that we've always hoped for is already here. Just waiting to be discovered. I'm convinced at this point in my life that God is consistently 
and passionately pursuing each and every one of us behind the scenes in the spirit realm through the host of heaven angels through the media whenever he can through nature in whatever way he can for us to find Jesus in each moment the unfortunate thing is is that most of the time we choose other things oh that's hard isn't it like it's hard it's not like there is there is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. But the truth can be hard, especially when we gain a revelation of our true condition, but it's the truth that sets us free. It's the truth that sets us free. So I'm going to read out of Matthew 7.13 here. And we're going to go somewhere today with this. Uh, if you have your Bibles, your phones, Matthew 7, 13. Uh, and this particular text is out of the New King James Version. And as I go through, I use lots of scriptures, and I have a variety of translations that I've used. But Matthew 7 and 13 uh, says this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go by it. Because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way that leads to life, and there are few who find it. I was studying the scripture a few years ago, and I, I asked the Lord, why do you have me in here? Because at that time in my life, I had always heard it preached. It's very difficult to get into heaven. It's so hard to get into heaven. And when I read that scripture, the Holy Spirit spoke another scripture to me and said this, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I thought to myself, if everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved, there's millions and millions and millions of people who have called on the name of the Lord. So how is it, Lord, that few people will find it? And he started to open up the text to me. And I started to research in the Greek certain words and what they meant in that text. You know that most of the translations that we have today are based on old manuscripts that were discovered. They were not original texts that were written by the apostles. They were copies of copies that were written in the Greek. And the New King James Version Bible came out of that along with a whole bunch of other stuff. And the New King James Bible or the King James Bible we have now isn't the same King James Bible that was written when King James and his crew wrote it. It's, if you read them side by side, they'd be almost completely different. There's similarities, but it's vastly different because we're learning language, we're understanding, right? I think this is important stuff. So what the Lord showed me as I did the study, in verse 14 it says, because narrow is the, la the, the, is the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life and there are few who find it. 
And that word life captivated me. I was like, what does that word life mean? And in the Greek, it's three letters, Z-O-E. Zoe. And Zoe is the fullness of the quality of life that all of us are invited to live in who believe in Jesus Christ. Catch this, right? So it's not like, oh my gosh, it's so hard to get into heaven. I have to perform and jump through all these hoops and do all these things. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I am not saying it's not important to live a holy, sanctified life. But it's not about jumping hoops and doing this, and it's so hard to get into heaven, and and I'm not going to make it if I don't do this or if I don't do that. What it's saying that few people find is the fullness of the quality of life that we are all invited to. You ever wonder why there's certain people throughout history that have these great moves of the Spirit through their life and we read their books and we look up to them and and we hear the testimonies and the stories? They made it through the narrow gate. Did you know that each and every one of us sitting in this room have the same invitation as each one of those people that we look up to and we value? And that that same Jesus that lives inside of them lives inside of you? That's the mystery of the ages. He's in there. He's in you. If you believe in Jesus and you have called on the name of the Lord, if you've confessed with your mouth and you believe with your heart that Jesus Christ rose from the dead, it says in Romans 10 and 9, you will be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right? So what is this eternal life? Eternal life is not a destination. It's an invitation to a quality of life. Did you know that you're all already in eternity? We're we're in eternity. It goes on forever in all directions. Oh, Heaven, the spirit realm, is all around us all the time. Jesus said, don't go look over here. Don't look there. He said, don't you know that the kingdom is inside of you? You look within. I've said this here before. We look within to see the outward expression of his kingdom. That's why the matters of the heart are so important. And and this is kind of where we're going. How do we get through the narrow gate? You know, the picture came to my mind this morning. Has anybody ever seen National Lampoon's European vacation in here? A couple of you? Yeah. So there's this scene. There's this scene in the movie where they're in Germany. And the husband is dancing with like the German dancers and they're vacationing 
and he misinterprets something and they end up getting in this big brawl and the police are chasing them all over and they have this little car that their whole family's in. They have all this luggage on the top of the car and it can barely move and they're cruising and they're going through these back roads in, 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 Ger in a German village and it's all stone and concrete and there's this little pathway for the car and the, parent, the, the, the wife is saying, we're not going to make it through. We're not going to make it through. And he's like, oh, we're going to make it. And he goes and he floors it and the, the car hits the little tunnel and it grabs the sides and it gets stuck in the middle. They can't get out the doors. Everything flies off the top. And that's the picture I have of most of us trying to get through the, na the narrow gate. We come before Jesus and we're carrying all this baggage and this luggage, and we're running from the things that we did because we don't want to face what's in our heart because the pain that comes with it when it comes to the surface is so unbearable and the memories of the trauma hold us back. So when we come to the face of the king and his eyes of fire start to burn in our soul and it comes to the surface, we want to, we get stuck. We're like, oh no, I don't want to do this. So we go back. Or we hop out of the car completely and run the other way. Am, am I making sense? If there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ, why do we feel un so unsafe letting what's in here come out? Because if we don't let it come out, we'll never be free. And we can't carry it through the gate. Does it mean we're not saved? No. Does it mean we don't have a spot reserved in heaven? Not necessarily. But what it means is that very few people position their mind, their heart, and their faith to walk through whatever it is they have to walk through and let go of whatever they have to let go of to get through that gate. A lie that we have believed, and I'm guilty of it, show that the Lord's like, yep, you are. Just got me. <laughs> Sorry. A lie that many of us have believed is that if we let go of certain things, we won't have them anymore. Did you know that he never intended us to hold anything, but to entrust it to him? Especially people. Instead, we try to control people's outcomes. We try to manipulate them into getting them what we want them to. The kingdom of heaven are not the ways of the world. Things to happen. The ways of the kingdom of heaven are not the ways of the world. Where the world says, hold on and fight. Jesus is continually beckoning us to let go and believe. <laughs> Listen, I wish I could tell you that my heart was totally whole and that my mind is fully renewed. If that was the truth, 
everyone in here would already be healed. <laughs> right? But I do know this. Like Paul says in Philippians, not that I have already attained or I'm already perfected, but I press on toward the upward call of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And the only way through that is through the narrow gate. The heart is the door. The flesh is the veil. The heart is the door. The flesh is the veil. The blood of Jesus is the key. But we still have to do something. It's not enough to know that the heart is the door. The flesh is the veil. And the blood of Jesus is the key. It's nice that we know, but if we truly know it, we'll start stepping into it. Many people believe in Jesus. We just don't believe what he says. Well, that's great because James said, you do well to believe there's one God. Even demons believe that and tremble. I will show you my faith by my works. I'm not saying you have to do works to get into heaven. It's a free gift. But if we believe and we have surrendered our life to the king of glory, our actions, the way we think, how we view the world around us and other people will change. And if it doesn't, I'm not sure which king you're spending time with. Or myself for that matter. Man, Jesus. Oh, the fire of God prepares us for the narrow gate. I think I might need help now. Is, can somebody play on the keyboard a little bit or something? It'll help me stand up. It's okay, Lord, help me. Um, uh, thank you. What's your name again? Atina? Wow, that's very unique. Uh, I'm trying to teach something here. I'm not talking to you guys. You know, people are critical of encounter guys, like, oh, they never teach or, you know, they never expound on the scriptures. I'm trying to expound on the scriptures and the Lord is pulling me in another direction. Now you see what it's like. <laughs> That's right. Welcome to freedom. And it's not about this place. It's about this place. That's right. You go for it. Saw the fire flags earlier. I was paying attention. Listen. The fire of God prepares us for the narrow gate. The gate is so narrow that we can't take our junk. We can't take people. Think about it. We could be married, and you cannot walk side by side through the gate. The gate is between you and the Lord. That's why he has to be the first love. That's why that word that was released here was so important. 
Because if somebody else takes the God spot, we'll never make it through, and neither will they. Letting go doesn't mean losing. It means putting Jesus where he belongs, and that's first seated on the throne of your heart. And if you have that, you'll be able to love your wife or your husband or your children. You'll be able to run the business the way that you're supposed to. You'll be able to be a pastor and actually love people and connect with people instead of being an aloof moron. I'm at my wit's end over all this stuff. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor, an apostle, a prophet, a teacher, an evangelist, a CEO of a company. You could, you could run a farm. You could be a teacher or a house mother. We're all in the same boat. Just because somebody leads a church doesn't mean they've gone through the narrow gate. This is not a word of condemnation. It's an invitation to something beautiful. This isn't a rebuke. It's a revelation. God. Whoo. Man, Proverbs 17 and 3 says, In the same way that gold and silver is refined by fire, the Lord purifies your heart and tests and trials of life. The question is, is are we willing to face the fire? Are we willing to look into his eyes? Revelation talks about, and his eyes were like flames of fire. He is the fire. It's, it's him. It's not some ethereal, magical substance that floats through the air. It's him. It's him. It may kind of seem like an ethereal, magical substance sometimes, but it's him. <laughs> oh. So I had this dream probably about a year ago. And I was walking around with a few other people, and our heads were flames of fire. It looked like we were candlesticks. And our necks were a wick, and our heads were flames of fire. And we were, like, going all these places, and it was, like, all working together and flowing and all this stuff. And I woke up, and the Lord started speaking to me about it. And how when we get close to one another, because we are created in His image and likeness, even if we don't believe his breath is in us. And he is in every fabric of our DNA. He is our designer, whether we know him or not. 
And when we get close to one another in friendships, in marriage, that fire that shut up in every single one of us, that presence <laughs> begins to bring out what's inside. And more often than not, we blame other people for what's in us. And I get it. Sometimes we go through traumatic things that have nothing to do with what we did. I understand. When, when my wife Dawn died in 2017, it had nothing to do with what I did. But I still had to take responsibility for my life no matter how much pain there was, no matter how much it hurt, no matter how much I wanted to avoid it, the only way for me to get through the narrow gate was to face that. And every day, there's more things that I'm facing that are in here than ever before. Why? Because I'm desperate. I don't want to live in the same loop over and over and over again to the same old thing with the same things happening, being stuck again, picking up the pieces. Fire reveals what's hidden. Jesus is the fire. He is the light of the world. When the light shines, we see. It brings impurities to the surface. Sometimes we have impurities that come in the form of behavior, lies we believe, buried pain, unhealed areas of the heart that only come to the surface through suffering, difficulty, and trial. It's the way of the cross. There is no resurrection without the cross. You cannot skip the cross and go to the resurrection. The cross, the face of Jesus, it's the narrow gate, it's the way. You know, I was, I was in Dallas a couple weeks ago. I was with Todd, Todd, Todd White at Lifestyle Christianity and Upper Room with Michael Miller and Upper Room Worship and all that. And, and I was with Todd, and Todd said something to me. And it, I mean, it wasn't even like we weren't even talking about the Lord. We were just kind of hanging out at that moment. And he said something, and it was like, it was like somebody clicked enter on a keyboard, and all of a sudden it took me into this other place. And I saw this light light up around me like a sphere, and I could see all these things that were wrong with me. <laughs> and I didn't have any condemnation. I didn't have any fear 
All I saw was the, and felt was the love of God setting me free because I was able to see the truth. And man, I start, it cha- started changing the way I thought. It started letting me know that I needed to go to certain people and repent for things and, that I said and that I'd done. And, and, and I didn't do it out of, out of fear or out of some duty or fear of being punished by God. I did it because I loved Jesus and he was inviting me in his mercy and grace into being a more beautiful version of myself. From glory to glory. And it's kind of interesting because that scripture from glory to glory will be transformed into his image and likeness from glory to glory. Well, we're already created into his image and likeness. We just don't remember and we don't live like it. We don't live like it. Trial that brings trial by fire is rooted in the cross. It's the cross. He died so that we could live, but now he's inviting us to die so that he can live through us. That's what's on the other side of the narrow gate. That fullness of life, that Zoe life on the other side of the narrow gate is Christ in you, the hope of glory being expressed in the fullness of what he always intended when he looked through the beginning of time and saw you. It's what he has for us. And I am going to be outrageous enough to believe that each and every one of us are going to find this thing. That we're going to get through the gate. That we're going to find our way through. That we're going to be courageous enough to face what's actually in our heart. (laughs) The truth. It's the truth that sets us free. When we realize that we can be led by His Spirit and trust that He has our best interest in every situation and circumstance, then we can can love the world with an open hand. We can love one another without conditions. We don't have to accept each other based on how we perform. We accept each other because Christ accepts us. And we love each other because Christ first loved us. Man. 1 Peter 1, 6-7, it says this, In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it's tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's in the trial and the fire that we have the opportunity to either run away 
or allow what's coming to the surface to come to the surface, to face it, let it go, and walk through the narrow gate. It might hurt. It might give you anxiety. It might make you cry. But I guarantee this, once it's gone, there will be peace. There will be joy. There will be freedom. And in many instances, the very thing that you thought that you were going to lose may end up right in your lap. But you can't go through with it. Abraham's promises couldn't be fulfilled until he put the promise maker on the altar. It was in laying the promise on the altar that it empowered God to come in and fulfill that thing. Why? Because the promise was never his. It always belonged to the Lord. And we get so afraid about what's going to happen and not having our needs met that it's not going to go the way that we think that it should. Listen, it's just the truth. We judge ourselves. We judge one another. Listen, righteous judgment and condemnation are different things. They're not the same thing. That's a whole nother, a whole nother teaching. And, and I'm getting ready to wrap this up. But he, but he wants to burn up the stuff that he never meant to be in our hearts. He wants to burn up the neural pathways that are created through negative experiences and the memories that are stored physically around the electricity in our heart that are there from trauma. He wants to reset us. But we don't let him because it hurts. You know, I believe that, that the reason why the statistics show that divorce is at the highest it's ever been and America has the number one divorce rate in the country because God created us, the husband and the bride. Marriage is a picture of our intimacy and our marriage to Jesus. And when we get close and those things start to come out because he is the consuming fire. When it starts to come out in marriage and we see each other's stuff rather than feel it, trust God heal and walk through it we just run away and discard the relationship and then we get divorced again because the same thing happens why does it happen again because it's got it's how god designed it to happen that's why it's so important that you have a safe community and people in your life that you can process this stuff with when it starts to come out It's, it's, it's hard reality that the body of Christ has not done a good job overall. There are beautiful places where beautiful things happen in the hearts and the lives of people, but we haven't overall done a good job of providing a safe environment for who we really are to be okay. 
And if we can, if it's never okay for us to be who we are, we will never become who he intended us to be. We, we just won't. We have to allow us fire to consume all of the carnality in our life so we can be led by a spirit to burn the cords to this natural world so we can soar in the spirit as he intended us to be. This isn't our home. author of Hebrews talked about the fathers of our faith looking, Abraham looking for a city whose maker was God. He actually and it's not just a physical city he goes on to say a heavenly country. He's talking about another realm another place that we were designed to live in and live from not live for and strive for but to live in and live from. I loved it. We just had um, Chris Vallotton in and, and a few others. And one of the things that was said at, at the conference was God designed us to be human. And we're constantly fighting to not be human. We're constantly told that we can't be who we are. We can't feel what we're feeling. That it's not good enough. That if we're struggling with this, we can't tell anybody. Well, that's the enemy laying over because what happens is all those addictions, all those traumas get pushed down into our heart and we put a cap on it because anytime it starts coming up, people rebuke us and hurt us again and then we cap it and we cap it and it goes down and down because we never face it. So when we finally come to a place where we're at our wit's end and we're ready to look in the eyes of fire and let Jesus come in and set us free, it's so painful and there's so much going on then it's much more difficult for us to allow it to happen than if we would have just faced it as it came. We, as a generation, have the opportunity to end that. Just like sons and daughters can change the behaviors and the sins of generations past, we have the invitation to provide a community that's safe for people's hearts to be free from the difficulty that they face so that Jesus can sit on the throne of their heart the way that he always designed it to be since the cross, since the resurrection. Is this making sense? Oh, God. Listen, with what's happening in the world today, I'm going to close in this. Unless we go through the narrow gate, unless we go through the narrow gate, we will not stand in the day of evil. Unless we go through the narrow gate, we will not stand in the day of evil. If a Christian in Afghanistan that's about to be beheaded did not go through the narrow gate, they would not stand for Christ in the day of evil.
in China when they hold guns to people's heads and say, renounce Christ, you will not stand in the day of evil unless you've gone through the narrow gate. I used to minister a lot in the city of Oberlin and there's these arches that were dedicated to the martyrs that were sent from by Charles Finney into China through the Boxer Rebellion that were killed for their faith. And on one side of the arches, it says in big letters, it says, neither do I count my life dear unto myself. I think the question that we really need to ask ourselves is do we really believe? Do we really believe? And are we willing to surrender? Because if we don't, we will always be the lukewarm church. We may have a spot reserved in heaven, but we will not experience the fullness of what Jesus Christ died for, rose from the dead for, and sent the Spirit to us for to experience. There's so much more. There's so much more. I mean, all of us have had glimpses of it off in the distance somewhere. We've had experiences, encounters where Jesus has made himself real. And each of those experiences, encounters, and revelations that we have through his scripture, through his word, when we find Jesus as we're studying, are all pointing to one thing. Jesus is here all the time waiting for us to live in this kingdom now that has no end. That's why he said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is among you now. <laughs> Man, I, I, I don't know about you, but when we embrace the consuming fire, what's inside of us comes out and it's time for us to be honest with ourselves and stop blaming the world and other people for what's inside of us. If we don't stop doing that, we'll never be free. We won't. We will not be free if we keep projecting it on other people and blaming other people. We have to stop. There's so much more for us. And on the other side of the gate is the expanse of the kingdom of heaven. And there's freedom. There's peace. There's love. There's joy. There's all of the fruit of the Spirit working in us and through us and around us. And we're led by His Spirit in the way that He intended us to be. We are the children of God. So look, if you're here and, and, and you have never called on the name of the Lord, you are not here by accident. Jesus knew that you would be here and that you would hear this message. And if he's tugging on the strings of your heart, that is the Holy Spirit knocking at the door of your life. It's not an accident. He doesn't make mistakes. He didn't make a mistake with you when he created you, 
when he designed you, when you were born, and he didn't make a mistake by bringing you here today. Like I said earlier, Romans 10 and 9, if you believe with your heart, you confess with your mouth that Jesus was raised from the dead, you will be saved.